A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me of my righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but we do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. broken, humbled heart, O God, you will not scorn. A broken, humbled heart, O God, you will not scorn. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. A broken, humbled heart, O God, you will not scorn. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. A broken, humbled 
in sacrifice. If I were to give you a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. A broken, humbled heart, O God, you will not scorn. And praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Seek good and not evil, so that you may live, and the Lord will be with you. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples of John came to Jesus saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. The Gospel of the Lord. First of all, just a reminder that today begins our regular Fridays in Lent practice of having the Stations of the Cross on Friday evenings. Our procedure, as it always is, will be to begin with Benedict, excuse me, with adoration of the exposed Blessed Sacrament in the Monstrance on the altar, commencing at 6 p.m. and lasting until we begin the Stations at 7 p.m. The special intention for which we are offering all our times of adoration during this Lenten season is for the continued growth and spiritual renewal of our Holy Parish community. And then at 7 p.m. we have the Stations of the Cross concluding with benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. So all are invited and urged to participate in the Way of the Cross, especially on Fridays as we honor what the Lord has done for us. The other thing which I want to mention before going further is that, as I'm sure a number of you have taken note, today is a very sad anniversary in the world. It was one year ago on this very day that Russia invaded Ukraine. 
and this dreadful war that has caused so much agony, so much death and destruction, has continued for an entire year with no sign of stopping at all. All we can do is to pray and do anything that might be asked of us to support humanitarian efforts and ask God to bring that peace that only he can bring into the suffering of this world, especially before it becomes even more disastrous. There's a bit of a tendency in the scripture readings immediately after Ash Wednesday to put a, a bit of a focus or a spotlight on each of those traditional acts of penance, whether it be prayer, almsgiving, fasting. Today, the emphasis would appear to be on fasting, though according to Isaiah, fasting is to be very intimately linked with almsgiving and care for the needs of the poor. I think the single line that always strikes me the most in this powerful passage of Isaiah is the one where the people are complaining against God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? I have this irresistible tendency to feel that God wants to answer by saying, oh, would you like to have a gold star in honor of all your fasting and all these wonderful things that you're doing? You want me to notice, you want me to pat you on the head, you want me to praise you. All by itself, this is not the right attitude with which to enter into penitential acts, which of their very nature are meant to be penitential, to call to mind that we have sinned and we do not even deserve the goodness of God, let alone that we should come boastfully before him, asking him to approve of how good we are and how much we're giving up. Look at all I've done for you, and so forth. But quite in addition to that, Isaiah begins to thunder that their fasting is not only with the wrong attitude, but it is also completely counterproductive because their ordinary daily life going on right alongside their fasting and their other sacrifices and actions is the diametrical contradiction of what they are claiming to do by their fasting. While you are offering all these sacrifices and wanting me to approve them, you are damaging and destroying my people, especially the most humble and poor and needy among them. You are thinking only of yourselves and of what you can gain out of everything that you do to ravage other people, especially those whom it's so easy to take advantage of. Do you think I'm really impressed with those kinds of sacrifices, how about if you actually started by sacrificing your own greed and your own desire to build yourselves up and really cared for those who are most in need? Do you think there's a possibility that Jesus may have something of that in mind as he addresses the disciples of John and the Pharisees, those 
who are saying, we're fasting all the time. Well, what's the point in us bothering to do it if you don't? If you and your disciples are taking some other route of some kind. And Jesus refers to the bridegroom and the wedding guests. Very interesting image that he uses, referring, of course, to himself prior to his going on to the cross and prior to his departing from this world where we will be expected now to carry his torch, his cross. And that's going to mean exactly the very thing that Isaiah was referring to, that like Jesus, we would reach to those who are most in need and care for the suffering and bear the burdens of Christ. The most sort of scintillatingly simple, powerful, and difficult definition to give to fasting, giving things up, sacrificing, all that kind of thing, in Lent or any other time of year, is that it is meant to help us to identify with the sacrifice of Christ. It is meant to help us to identify with the continuing crucifixion of Christ in so many who are suffering and abandoned, and to spur us to do something about it. That's why we do that sacrificing, not for our own benefit, but so that filled with the sense and the vision of what Jesus is all about in his ultimate sacrifice for us, we will help others to carry the painful crosses they carry. This is yet another way in which the Lenten season takes us not into ourselves in the sense of getting what we'd like to get out of things, but deep into the presence of Jesus within ourselves in order to be propelled outward to serve him. In short, it's never about us, and it's never about just what we want. It's about how we can become more and more like Christ. And in so doing, then, yes, we do profit and we do benefit and we do share in the Easter glory, but precisely because we have not been afraid to share in the cross. And that takes a great deal of humility and a great deal of sacrifice of what we always like to hold on to, our own wishes and our own benefit. Lord, help us to be gracious, humble, and generous in truly identifying with your cross in every way, and thus to share in the rich glory of the resurrection.